Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on your minds. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big fat chubby guy living in sunny Hollywood, and today I am your wall-mounted fuck machine of knowledge, <laughs> oh, pounding <God>. ecstasy <laughs> into your brain. Oh my. I think I broke Michael. <laughs> oh. oh, That's one way to start the show. <laughs> Oh yeah, I gotta follow that. Well, not. I yeah, don't want to. I, I don't want to get too close. I don't want him to get too close behind me. Actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. Um, golly, um, yes. Well, I I have a nice cup of tea, and uh, I I think <laughs> it would be lovely to to watch a, a very socially distanced video of what Don was just alluding to. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> I'm Trevor Kazon. Um, I'm a super chub here in West Hollywood, and I am, um, I guess, the pearls being clutched um, around your neck, not anywhere else. Um, and uh, ooh, yeah, this is a gonna be a, a weird one. Yeah. And my name is Michael. I'm a chaser, and I was initially excited to get into this episode, but uh, Don has scared that out of me. So. <laughs> Good for you, Don. Don, I'm way behind you on this. Well, behind you. All right. For those of you who haven't picked up on it yet, this episode is all going to be about sex toys. We even have a special guide coming on a little episode, a little later on in the episode, to help us wander the world of the various sex toys available so much we're gonna get everybody we're gonna get up in there michael might take this out but i just want to <laughs> say to the, the listener the bizarre energy on this is because we have already recorded our main segment first <laughs> so we're kind of high whereas i feel like normally we're like uh, yeah we sort of ramp yeah. up to it we're all very well uh, we're all well lubricated in true uh yes <laughs> big fat gay podcast uh energy we're gonna bum you out a little at the start before yeah. we get into the sex toys because yeah, you that's have... right. You have to have your vegetables before you get to your sex toys. <laughs> yeah. And then your dessert. Yeah, your dessert. Brace your assholes. So uh <laughs> kicking off our bummer of a pop culture segment is um a story about a Fox station news anchor who was suspended after he tweeted he was annoyed that obese people were getting vaccinated early. Um good job, douchebag. Yeah, and so basically um he tweeted I'm annoyed obese people of all ages get priority vaccine access before all essential workers. When most stayed home, we went into work every day last March, April, and May, and every day since putting ourselves and loved ones at risk. Vaccinate all essential workers, then obese. And then yeah. he deleted that. And, <laughs> and uh, he deleted it and then issued uh, an apology tweet, which uh, people were... Uh, not too uh, quick to accept because he also tweeted uh, that he only took his own tweet down uh, because he didn't feel like arguing with people on the internet over it, <laughs> which really kind of undercuts your apology. I mean, so, that's a traditional Republican apology. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm never sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for the way you heard what I said. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think part of the reason um, Blake McCoy also got a lot of flack was you know, he's openly gay and people were like, okay, so like what, you know, the, what comorbidities are okay to you? Like what, mm. like what do you approve of as high risk? Yeah. I think it just, it just goes to show that, I mean, yeah, he's openly gay, but he's also a rich white dude. And there's a lot of privilege that comes along with that and things, the rules don't apply to him the, the way that they apply to other people. 
Um, and, you know, the I think there's a, at least a slight positive side to the story, which is that he got suspended. So there was at least some repercussion for him being a total douche nozzle. Do your part, and get vaccinated, get and uh, don't let, I don't know, local news anchors bring you down. Um, continuing the theme of kind of bummer trash science <laughs> um, <laughs> is this piece, which actually Dan pointed out because someone this. tweeted about it and I found the story. Um, so during National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, Gwyneth Paltrow was talking about the benefits of... <laughs> Intuitive fasting as ah, a uh, healing regime as she's been recovering from COVID. Wait, isn't that when you should be eating? No. It, it, so it's, <laughs> there's intuitive eating, which is good. And then there's intermittent fasting, which I, I personally think is bad because it's basically disturbing yourself yeah. and disordered eating. But, you know, you do you. <laughs> But then she has smushed these also into the like a um, Brundle fly <laughs> horror that is, not, I mean, not intuitive fasting. fasting. Yeah, no. So what is intuitive fasting? Like, what does that mean? Is that, does it mean anything? Is she just starving herself? So she said she's mainly on a ketogenic and plant-based diet, which once again, those are kind of like, I mean, uh, I mean it's, uh, uh, not a thing with no sugar <laughs> or alcohol. She fasts every day until 11 which I'm, I'm assuming yeah, in the old in the old days we called that skipping breakfast um, <laughs> and then she takes infrared saunas which is she sits in front of a heat what? lamp <laughs> that sounds uncomfortable yeah. but the the National Health Service in England had something to say about this yeah they basically <laughs> they said you know Gwyneth Paltrow don't take advice from Gwyneth Paltrow and other celebrities peddling uh, nonsense instead of you know actual science uh, because all this is it, her her recommendation is based on stuff she thought of. And because she's Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow, people are going to do it because, I mean, she's skinny and white. So obviously it works. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it, it's just this convoluted way of people having a platform for something they are completely unqualified to have a platform about. Let, let's let's get this this bummer van on the road yeah oh because roll on down to to fat watch yes. <laughs> um so once again, in our theme of like i don't know to, dragging down um you know the theme of fat watch this year has kind of been looking at kind of fat activism within the fat community and i thought it was important this week to kind of go back to our running theme of talking about intersectionality and allyship people have probably seen um, on social media, people talking about hashtag stop Asian hate um, yeah. and the surge in hate crimes against Asian Americans and uh, members of the Pacific Islander community. There have been over 2,800 reports of hate crimes committed against these communities, uh, which is a 1,900% increase from 2019. Uh, thank you, Trump. Yes. And specifically kind of a um, we've seen a big spike in like kind of since December. So I found some resources to share. Um, If you follow us on Instagram, you've already seen that I've posted these in our story. But the first comes from Patrick in the World on Instagram, who has collected basically resources on what you can do to help um, specific groups. Basically, you know, as a white ally, going back to, you know, silence is violence. If you see something, say something. Um, Supporting Asian American businesses, 
supporting Asian American organizations, diversifying your social feed. Um, and he shared some really great resources, phone numbers to be aware of if you witness anti-Asian American hate crimes. I also shared some resources from Goldhouse CO on Instagram, and they kind of talk about the approach of weeding out and planting seeds. So, I mean, as allies, we have work to do. Um, I'm going to share these on the website. Once again, they're also on Instagram. Yeah. And just do, do the work. Apropos of all of this, we've we've been getting uh, a few listener mails asking us to talk about um, <clears throat> racism in the gay community, in the Chub Chaser community, and we really want to tackle that. On the other hand, we're three and a half white guys, and it it just doesn't seem genuine to us for for us to talk about. Yeah, racism is really bad, and have a conversation among ourselves about that problem. So, just want to give a shout out to the fact that yes, we are aware of this. We want to talk about this and we're in the process of, of lining up some guests to come on and uh, people of color to express their points of view so that their voices get centered rather than ours. Yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's being an ally yeah. and then there's also just knowing when to step aside. I've, I I think I talked about this somewhat recently in an episode, the this little web comic of the frog and the cat yes. <laughs> and this frog saying like, you know, there's not many stories about frogs and there's a lot of stories about cats and the cat saying like, oh my God, you're right. I need to tell your story. And then it's a cat on a stage dressed as a frog in a spotlight, like in a dramatic pose. Um, mm -hmm. So don't be a cat. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, we got some listener mail about this and it was like a couple weeks ago and then we've actually gotten two letters addressing the same yeah. thing since then. So it's, mm -hmm. it's on our radar. We're working on it. Um, that episode is going to come out, uh, later in March as we finalize yeah. guests. Um, mm -hmm. And now Michael set up the, the smooth segue. <laughs> Three, two, one, segue. You know, we're the masters of segues here at the Big Fat Gay Podcast, but we're there's, so good at it. Yeah, but there's no good segue here. This is the uh, like car crash jump scare in a non-scary movie. But instead of a car crash, it's sex toys. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Surprise! Yes. No one expects the uh, big fat gay sex toys. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> um, and so, okay, the inspiration for this was um, me doing my late night uh, Instagram cool down. And I saw a post about um, uh, April Flores, who was the first like model for a, uh, for, I don't know, Best way to describe it, because I had to describe this several times to Dan and Don and Michael, a <laughs> a fat flashlight. You and and that's flashlight, not flesh. Yes, so like the um, <laughs> synthetic vagina sex toy that you you fuck that also looks like a flashlight. Um, that is not Fl a flashlight. <laughs> um, Don is so confused right yeah. now. <laughs> and so this prompted a kind of discussion in our like weekly call about like, are there kind of fat gay sex toys? What would that look like? And it's those aren't a thing. That's disappointment. Sadly, <laughs> listener, there is not a um, like uh, I tried to describe like a, a dildo with a fat pad. But, um, but, just, uh, but just to be clear, we're talking about a sex toy that would somehow simulate or emulate having sex with a fat person. Yes. Okay. And this kind of prompted a like just kind of general episode about sex toys and a beginner's guide to sex toys. And I naturally thought of my lifelong friend, Bree, 
who I've mentioned before in the podcast. Breeze had a wonderfully varied career as an academic, activist, and writer. In addition to having a master's in psychology, they felicitated... God, I always do this. They have <laughs> felicitate... That too. Facilitated... <laughs> They have facilitated <laughs> workshops that help people find their voice by making zines and empowering them to love their fat bodies. They've been a roller derby player and coach, an open mic organizer, and a sex educator. Their most recent project is a service called Healed AF, or Healed as Fuck. It's a low-cost option for anyone seeking emotional and spiritual support that centers around collaboration, empowerment, magic, and community. So welcome, Bree. Yay. Hi. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. So you guys have been friends for for a while now. Does that now? Did you guys connect over sex toys, or is that just a side benefit that happened? <laughs> it's a side benefit. Um, I want to okay. rephrase that connecting over sex toys. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I like the phrasing. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, so Bree and I worked together as uh, RAs in college, but we met um, through OK Cupid. <gasps> I forget this all the yes. time. Da, da, da. Um, I don't think I knew that. Did I know that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I knew that. Bree messaged me like, hey, you look fun. And you like, it looks like we go to the same college. And like, I'm looking for gay friends. Hi. <laughs> 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 um, a tale as old as time. <laughs> but, you know, let's let's get down and dirty. Let's get the people clutching their wheels screaming they, get to the sex they, toys so Bree, what would you it's okay someone is you know completely new to sex toys oh <laughs> um, someone is yes. completely new to sex toys i know squat those dogs nothing about sex toys other than they exist i'm the guy who wanders through sex toy shops going like <laughs> wait why is it wall mounted you know, like that's Squat is actually an advanced sex toy, toy position right now. <laughs> so you're addressing Don now. Yes. I hope it didn't make it more awkward. Hi. <laughs> so I, as someone who is confused about sex toys, uh, like I, I am a large man. I don't know if I need to be worried about anything with certain sex toys. Like, do they make harnesses for someone like me? Uh, like, what should I be thinking about with sex? I, I, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Beginner's guide. Oh, man. What a big question, because there's so many, right? There's so many places for the sex toys to go. <laughs> there are so many. Um, there are so many. Uh, there's even things that aren't like for, I guess, like what you'd consider traditional stimulation that are still sex toys. If you get into like harnesses and ropes and stuff like that. Would that not be considered a sex toy generally? It is, but I guess I'm just addressing the vast array of them and what exactly we need to like be discussing. I will say, though, like regardless of anything, when I talk to people about sex toys, the first thing I like to talk about is just being um, aware of the materials, because there are so many different materials of sex toys. And a lot of people will say there's a hard no on things like rubber and stuff, which um, I agree with to an extent because they're not as hygienic. There's this thing you have to think about oh. with sex toys and hygiene is like whether the sex toys are porous or non-porous and if they're porous that means that it's way harder to keep them super duper clean and so toys that are like the rubbers and like the jellies and and that kind of stuff those are 
most likely going to be those porous ones that are hard to keep clean. So it's hard for me to put a hard no on them because a lot of times they tend to be the toys that are less expensive. And um, and so I would hate to tell someone you're not a lot of sex toys because you can't afford <laughs> them. So I like people to just be aware of the hygiene aspect of materials. And, and also some people will just straight up have allergic reactions to those types of materials. Um, mm. And you also want to be aware you're getting them from like a reputable source um, because there there can be like phthalates and stuff in some of those Big materials. Big gyms use sex toys. <laughs> 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 but in Why in this place smell like vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> so, as someone who doesn't know a ton about sex toys, I know about dildos. I know about vibrators. I've heard about them, but that's pretty much where my sex toy knowledge ends. So, like, what would you say are some of the more popular sex toys for men? Let's start with that. Like, pretty much anything you can put your dick in. Like um, a potato, <laughs> like, like Joe or Eddie, like there was there's there's very many of the like most people know them as fleshlights, but that's a brand when other brands create them. They're called strokers. Um, so strokers tend to be a big one um, if you're trying to put your dick in something. And I mean, there's all sorts of butt stuff. When I when I talk about butt stuff, I mean, the main thing beyond materials is just making sure that um, it's safe for anal, which which is usually an item that's going to that the base of it is going to be wider than the widest point of the plug or the dildo or whatever it is, because uh, there have definitely been instances of things getting sucked up on in there because the base was not wide enough to prevent that from happening so mm. whatever you put in your butt just make sure that the base of it is wider than the thickest portion of what is being inserted mm. uh, i think we should also point out because so part of this you know galaxy brain <laughs> um figuring out a way to talk about this from you know fat sex toys that don't exist is <laughs> um someone who is a beginner and who may think that they're too fat for sex toys like in terms of accessibility, mm -hmm. the benefit of something with a base is, you know, Don was talking about, I think about mounted things with suction cups uh, that will allow you to reach some areas that you might not be able to mm -hmm. easily reach on your own. You could back into it. You can sit. Yeah. On it. Yeah. That was number one on my list. I have a little note. I've been uh, <laughs> keeping track of ideas as they've come up over the last week and number one that's even from my own personal experience before i even knew shit about nothing like i found myself a suction cup dildo and i was fucking the walls fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking the, like over like i i didn't have a headboard because i was 19 um and so you can just like put that up against the wall and then you can be laying on your bed and like scooch up against it Mm. That was a really mm. good way to have accessible solo sex with a dildo. You could put it in the shower, but I'm always like, be careful in the shower. Like, it's fine, but be careful. Mm -hmm. You mean like just slipping? Um, yeah, mostly just slipping. Mm. Um, suction cup. You can put suction cups on the floor. I've personally had a hard time with the suction cup on the floor thing, but other people have been able to put suction cups on the floor. But I could imagine, oh my God, I didn't even write this down, but I could imagine you could even get like a stool or like, yeah. I'm just oh, even yeah. seeing like what I have, like I have this like thing at the end of my bed, like a little, um, 
bench bench you could probably stick it on that and sit on it um yeah i love the suction cup toys and there's not just suction cup dildos they make suction cup strokers now too so Hmm. um that's an option, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I also that got me thinking. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> Trevor's just got lost in, in his imagination. Huh. I'm just say. picturing Bree's point of view when she said that of watching four different heads all cock 45 degrees <laughs> to the left at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they exist. Mm. I I wouldn't be surprised if there's suction cup butt stuff too. Um, but some other things like as for toys that like already exist that can help with accessibility, there are plenty of toys that have like longer handles. And I found for me, that's also been help more helpful for accessibility stuff. So instead of having like a vibrator or dildo you have to hold in your hand, like there's some uh, like a lot of people know the Hitachi wand. It ha- it's huge and powerful but it has that mm-hmm. big handle and there are very many massagers like that that have the handle and um there's other uh toys that have a handle too um so that can help with accessibility there's also fuck machines which i think are they're really expensive and sometimes loud but <laughs> if you want something that's not human to do the work for you Fuck machines exist, and a lot of times they have suction cups, too, to help them stay in place, and you could put them on your bench or on your table or wherever you want them, and they'll do the damn thing for you. <laughs> so I, I have to say, I have, I don't know if it's like, I, I have seen ads for these kind of like, before I, before pop-up blockers existed, or ad blockers existed, and the ones I've seen, I don't know if it's just because, you know, back in my day, Though they looked terrifying <laughs> and like it, there was a lot to it. Like it that was the first one I saw in the sex door that I saw wall mounted. It looked like a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked like it was angry at me. Like <laughs> and, and, and I think that's sold as a benefit to some people who buy them. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a beginner's toy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a concrete ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you mentioned April Flores's toy was a stroker, but I remember she also had like um what they call like torsos or just like mm-hmm. hearts. Mm. Um, and there are all types of those too. Um, so what's cool about those, those are there's sometimes I've seen a few of them where they do have um, like penetrate like dicks. I guess their bodies. I could just say dicks. Um, <clears throat> but then there's a lot of them where you do the penetrating. And what I what what brought that up for me in terms of accessibility is just being able to like have something larger mm-hmm. that is stable that you can even like hold on to if you need to for your own stability mm-hmm. and like have sex with mm-hmm. it. So that yeah. as far as like toys that actually exist, that's what came to mind. Um, but then I also started thinking about like harnesses and rope in terms of, um, support. Like I was thinking about like, if somebody needed support, like keeping their legs spread or if they wanted their legs in a certain position or even, or whatever in a certain position, like rope is so you could do so many things with rope. Um, and then it can maybe even turn into a stimulating experience if you get into the rope for more than like an accessibility um, issue and harnesses too, but harnesses, I, I, I definitely would be careful with just because they're, they're not like all size fits all kind are of you things. Ta- are you talking about a harness like that I might wear to a leather event? Or are you talking about more like a sling that I would get fucked in? 
Yeah, more like a sling, probably. Um, like I'm thinking like there's um, I've even seen like basically like a strap around the leg that you could put a dildo through. Mm. Um, there's there's ones that you can put on the door or in your bed. Um, like there's those under the bed, like strap restraint systems, um, things like that. And the things that are usually for like wrists and ankles might be like safer for a wider group, but there's other things that are like for other parts of the body that might not like have as varied of like size, you know, availability. So that's why I actually just go back to rope because I think rope. You get as much rope as you need, as long as it's, you know, made for sex, because you don't want rope that's going to, like, hurt your skin. Um, But you could tie as many ropes together to make as big of a whatever as you want. What we we, actually that's that's a really good point, because I think I don't know. I don't know about most people, but when I think of rope, when you say rope, I'm thinking like, you know, going down to Home Depot in this horrible, rough, (laughs) grating, like block and tackle rope. And clearly you don't mean that. No. So, so help us picture like what kind of rope this is or what it's made of or what it's like. Is it like a, like sometimes I'm thinking maybe like a jump rope because it has that soft cottony texture, but I don't know. I might even, I was about to say, let me go grab it and show you, but this is an audio medium. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if you just go to the sex shop, the rope there is more than likely going to be safe for your skin. It is definitely softer. And a lot of times it's much thinner than like a rope that you're going to find at Home Depot or something like, and usually they're way funner and cuter and colorful. You can get all <laughs> kinds of colors of ropes <laughs> and do whatever you want with them. A lot of people use them for fashion too, like um, make a rope harness corset situation and go to a club. Well, oh, one other thing I I forgot to mention, I didn't write on my list, but there's also like position pillows um, that you can get to help you get into different positions and to stay in those positions Mm. comfortably. And then I haven't tried this, but I read something in... um, And like a caring for our fat bodies Facebook group about like bathroom stuff, accessibility Mm. and people, a lot of people were sharing about having these like long grabby things to help them with accessibility in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was surprised to hear that those had enough grip to do what you need to do. And I was thinking if that works for the bathroom, I could imagine that you could use one of those long grabby things to help you get to wherever you're trying to get with your toys and stuff too. Nice. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is, is there any place that you would point somebody like somebody here's one of the things that you're talking about here and it's like, okay. And let's say it's, um, one of, uh, a fatter listener. Is there, is there a specific place you would point them to go to look for things or is it sort of just go to any place that sells sex toys and you just kind of have to hunt and peck or is there a specific spot that's maybe more welcoming or accessible is the, is the or inter- custom tailor? Is the internet sanitary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's somebody actually um, who is a fat woman that does like, she has a company called Curvy Girl Laundry, but she also like um, does, I think, like toy reviews and stuff. And I would probably point people towards her website to look for things, um, at least if you're looking for someone speaking from a fat positive lens. Um, yeah, I'm really bummed to not have too many more. Like I, I would honestly just probably trust like queer queer spaces tend to be safer for mm-hmm. fat positive stuff than straight spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay, since we have you here, I have to ask you, 
I am looking at a toy on here that I can't figure out what you would possibly do with. It clearly is butt-oriented, I'm assuming, but it's called the Trident, and it looks suspiciously like a little uterus that you're supposed to use sexually somehow. It's- I know what that is. I have an anorus. I don't have that one because that one's, I think they kind of recommend it as like a um, a more experienced one, and I have a, I don't know, I have a delicate butthole. So what we're looking at here, guys, is... It's a white uh, plastic device uh, that is black. Uh, it looks sort of like a mutant penis that's lumpy <laughs> and pear-shaped on top uh, that splits is, at the bottom into two little arms I, that come up and hug you. It's not, I, I don't know. I don't think it looks that, but maybe it's because it's like, it's in my drawer. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's not that weird to me. It looks like the handle to a rapier. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. If a sword came out of the bottom, I would totally think that's what you were supposed to use it for. With a cross guard that goes that curls back up onto yeah. the handle. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but it's I, very, so what do we do with this? It's very cover? curvy so and undulating. You put it yeah. in your booty, and it is it stimulates your prostate, and you kind of, I don't know, clench and unclench, and it finds your body's natural rhythm. So it's a way to kind of I'm I'm doing stuff with my finger right now. Once again, audio medium, <laughs> but it. It stimulates your prostate and you can just let it do its thing. And there's people that have achieved orgasm just from work using the aneros and their body's natural rhythm. I like to use it as like a supplement. I I have have another product endorsement, I guess, that is a little, I don't know, it's unusual. So it's like discreet, but also I feel like tempting because it's so strange. So it's... um. Tenga is a Japanese uh, sex toy company and they have these, it's these things called the egg series and that come, they come in little uh, half dozen packs oh, they're bouncing. and it is a, a stroker, but it's kind of like a, so it looks like a little egg and then you, it has a texture inside and it is very flexible and stretchy. So you basically put your dick in it and there's some, it's soft, there's some texture they have a very helpful video on their homepage that so you can kind of get a sense of how these are used. Yeah. I'm just like looking at the pleasure chest site and like I'm giggling too. Like I've been doing, I've been, I, I started in the adult world uh, like nine years ago and I still giggle. So um, <laughs> just putting that out there that like, oh no, I don't think this stuff ever stops being a little bit funny. I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's good to approach it with some humor and lightness. And just like, because I don't know, you always discover something new and especially as time goes on and I don't know, technology advances. I mean, I think the most interesting thing I've seen at a sex toy shop uh, on Santa Monica here was it was a f- like a silicone foot, but it had a vagina oh. where the ankle was. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You could fuck the foot. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> loves that. Somebody really, really yeah. loves that. I've uh, seen plenty of weird. Yeah. I've seen plenty of weird body part toys where it's like the body part and then a vagina randomly somewhere. There's one where it's like <laughs> boobs and then the vagina is like just in between the boobs. Yep. And I'm like, OK, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some, like we've we've been over sex toys for the dick. We've been over sex toys for the vagina. We've been over sex toys for the butt. The body's a big place, right? Like <laughs> are, are there I, I, I mean, I know they're nipple clips, but like. Are there toys for the full body or would that no longer be a sex toy? Like, is, is there any non-genital specific sex toy? 
Yeah, those things you'd probably find they'd be probably labeled as like BDSM stuff, but they don't have to be like I'm thinking things like feather ticklers that's used all over the body Um, and pretty much any other like something that could be traditionally used as a spanking device could probably be used to simulate any any part of the body as long as you know how to safely use it. That's the one thing when you start getting into spankers and stuff, you just want to make sure you know how to safely hit people because there's definitely parts of the body that uh, you don't want to be hitting too hard. Yeah. And I think I remember that I was, I was having this long conversation with a friend about this and the material back to what you said, Brie, the material is can be so important, whether it's rope or I remember I had this harness that had a lot of chain to it and the feeling of the chain against my shoulders and chest was just like amazing. And it, that wouldn't have felt like that with rope. Uh, or some people, I, I know some people are like really into rubber or chain, but then, you know, I, he said something disparaging about like, you know, but rope is, I mean, that's just fucking macrame. And I, <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was an interesting distinction that, that was really important to him. Like it had to be, had to be rubber or chain. Yeah. That also just got me thinking about like other ways of just touching the body yeah. and, um, massage lotion Mm. like of course there's all those like sex lotions and stuff but you could use a regular lotion on your like body not in your orifices for sure not um and and i i find that even just like maybe it's vanilla but it's uh that's can be super stimulating i also love that as um i learned through my thesis study somebody suggested that as like even just like a fat empowerment strategy they use for themselves in order to like have really basically conditioned themselves to get back in touch literally with their body and Mm. looking at it and feeling it and knowing what their whole body is and being okay touching it and then actually enjoying touching it just simply by lotioning their body. I I think that's a really like interesting idea. Fabulous idea. Angela Lansbury says the same thing. In a festival for Valentine's Day, she knew. Um, is there a sex toy that's just you considered undervalued or underexplored? Something you think uh, people should know about that maybe we don't? It's so every everybody's different, and it's just really hard to say. There's going to be this like one thing that's going to be like dope and for everybody. But then the second question about stigma just made me think about butt stuff again, and like I'm probably preaching to the choir, like to a predominantly gay male podcast but like when i talk to people who are not familiar with butt stuff and they're all like up in arms about it i'm just like you just don't understand it like you just don't understand it it took me even like it was a learning curve for me when i uh got into anal like some of us can't just dive in like there's actually Mm -hmm. like some work involved in order to have comfortable anal sex for some people. And um, as long as you understand that and you're willing to like maintain it, then like, why wouldn't you want another thing to feel good? Right? Mm. Like, um, well, something that came to mind for me for the stigma is like everybody's, I mean, most people have calmed down about dildos, but let's say you talk about getting a full, a full fledged doll, like a sex doll. I think there can be a lot of shame or guilt around like, you know, it's, oh my God, it's a doll. I know a little bit about the doll community and it would probably blow most people's minds to find out that the people who are really passionate about dolls are barely fucking them. Um, the peop- There is like a literal community, a doll community, 
and they love their dolls as companions. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them fuck them, but um, a lot of them have like personalities for them, mm-hmm. relationships with them, mm-hmm. and it and it becomes more of a companion piece. And I found that really really interesting. Yeah, it becomes a whole so, other kink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Lars and the Real Girl is more of a documentary than a. Uh... <laughs> kind of it's a little bit more on point than you'd realize except for the part where most of them do keep them private you know um probably would have been where i probably should have mentioned it during the uh accessibility portion of sex toys but i feel like uh since for our core audience uh i should probably mention the remote control vibrators that i've seen now (gasps) Mm -hmm. yes that seems like that would be very useful for uh for anyone that has difficulty reaching that area yeah i i also want to pitch in here this may seem completely obvious um because i think a lot of fat guys have already figured this out but you know vibrators aren't just for your ass you can very effectively use a vibrator uh on on your fat pad or your penis where you couldn't normally reach or where you can't really adequately Mm -hmm. stroke Uh, a vibrator down there can work wonders um do you want to do your tip here should we move straight i mean this uh, Uh, I think we just gave a whole lot of tips and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Um, I think maybe this would be a good place. Uh, I mentioned healed AF, uh, but Brie, where should people follow you? Um, Healed AF on Instagram. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I I think also maybe they should check out your services at healedaf.org. Uh, if yes. they're interested in some spiritual uh, counseling, some tarot readings, a whole lot of stuff. I brought a little bit of a bit, and I'm hoping that, Bree, you'll join in and help the boys, since this is the first <laughs> time the bit consists of asking them open questions that they're going to have to answer. Hell yeah. Right? Oh, foe. Yay. Mm. So <laughs> I thought maybe we just dip a little bit, just lightly, into the history of some some sex toys. Just thought people might be might find it interesting. Um mm-hmm. So, question one. According to an urban legend, which has never been proven to be true, Cleopatra invented the first vibrator by taking a gourd and filling it with what? (laughs) Snakes. uh, Snakes. Mexican jumping beans. (laughs) I hate that I thought this, but my first thought was bees. I thought bees, too. (laughs) Snakes. Snakes, yeah, asps, yeah. I wish we could show our audience Bree's expression right now. Don't put bees in there! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a perfectly safe sealed gourd. (laughs) My guess was beans, though, yeah. Beans? Beans, Beans. yeah. Uh, I hate that I think this, but I think Trevor might be right. With what? You mean snakes? Oh, snakes. Snakes. All right. We got two for snakes. We got one for beans. Dan, what are you going with? Bree's going to hate me, but bees. (laughs) It's a terrible idea, but it just makes the most sense to me. All right, folks. Well, the answer is all of you should listen to your instincts, or at least Dan, because the urban legend says it was filled with bees. No. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe They're supposedly uh, just them trapped in the gourd fighting to get out. Yeah, that would do it. Tapping against the surface. You know, Don, I've, uh, I've always felt that I had my hand on the pulse of idiocy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, All right. So question two. Although it's sort of common knowledge that, uh, quote unquote, female hysteria has been treated by the medical profession for literally up to 2000 years. With prescriptions for orgasms. Uh, 
doctors had to do it by hand for most of history. Uh, though the hand-cranked version of the vibrator is used by doctors in the 1800s, an earlier version of the device was used in France around 1750, briefly, to treat female hysteria. This device was called the pelvic douche device that was supposed to have the ability to stop the uterus from wandering around the body. Wandering. Causing all sorts of problems. <laughs> the question for all of you is... What did the pelvic douche device consist of? Bees. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Just in your mind, when I say pelvic douche device, what do you think? What it consisted of? What you mean like what it was? I'm what was it? What was what it? What was yeah. this device? Well, yeah, because that's my question. I'm trying to picture it. Oh, was it something that like, because I'm thinking the, what, like the, the function of a douche, is it something that like would, like you could... Squeeze it and then insert it and then suck. I love that your hand is making. The, you're like, talking turkey basters, Michael. Let, let me look at your hands. Yeah, is it is it like is it something that you could squeeze and like suck? Like if they thought that they could literally like suck it back into place. Oh right, if it had wandered. Yeah, if it had wandered. <laughs> I will give you a slight hint, and Michael's on the right track. Oh dear. But uh, this is not. <laughs> this was not a. This was not a penetrative device directly. Oh. Okay. Was this like so? I'm, I'm picturing oh, one of those things Douche. that like you used to use to, to kind of blow on fires, like the oh a bellows, like accordion kind of with handles. Bellows. Yeah, the bellows. I'm wondering if it's something that gets used externally, like on the abdomen, maybe if they're worried about the wandering uterus. Like, so the pelvic douche <laughs> device consisted of a couple of medical workers. Oh no! Basically, taking a high pressure fire hose. Oh dear. <gasps> And just oh my God. blowing it on the woman's genitals and lower abdomen. Um, okay. Although wow. I will admit in the drawing, it looks a little bit more like a fire extinguisher. So Many men have had that said to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. That's not a fire hose. In 1869, a new type of vibrator hit the scene. The first hands-free version, you might call it. The manipulator consisted of a motorized padded table with a hole and a throbbing ball in the middle that the woman was, I'm assuming, would sit on. The question is, in 1869, what allowed the ball to throb the way it did if it wasn't a doctor turning a crank? I feel like steam power was a big thing back then. <laughs> it's a steampunk vibrator. I love it. <laughs> I'm imagining that there was maybe like one of those poles that went down somewhere and there were people... Like people or horses, <laughs> like kind turning, of turning a crank, crank. like oarsmen. There were oarsmen like, down there. Yeah, or like <laughs> guys who like would raise the anchor on the deck exactly. of a ship, just like going in a circle. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna guess. I mean, is it? It's it is 18. You said 1869. 1869. I don't know. Had you know, were women given the agency to control such things themselves? <laughs> uh, could I mean? Could there be? Uh, this was used in a doctor's office. Oh, so certainly not. <laughs> You oh said it God. wasn't a hand crank. Could it be like a foot, foot pedal? Like a sewing well, machine, I, yeah. I was thinking of some sort of bulb you could squeeze. I did say hands-free, and oh, a foot hands pedal free. would still be hands-free. All right. Like a sewing machine mm. trundle? Oh, my God. Do people feel good with this answer? Are we going with the uh, the foot trundle? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. It's, because I'm pretty sure it's not bees this time. All right. <laughs> You're correct. It is not bees. I knew it. However, you should have been listening to your instincts, and Michael... It was a coal-powered steam engine. Oh my god! Wow. That ran this thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm picturing 
men shoveling coal into yeah whatever i mean because there's no like tiny little coal engine you need a freaking fire to get that thing going so i wish men put this much effort into bringing women <laughs> orgasms as they did in 1875 <laughs> several men gave their lives for that orgasm <laughs> oh my god it was fucking well, worth it <laughs> <laughs> we have our bonus question our bonus question is a competitive question Uh oh all right uh -oh. we are doing this one with prices right rules okay all right okay, okay. Can't go right. all of you are going to be guessing a number okay mm -hmm. those scientists have found sex toys from quite some time ago what is the oldest sex toy that has ever been found and mm. how excuse me not what is it how old is this oldest sex toy that has ever been uncovered? Well, can, will you tell us what it is? It was a dildo, and it was uncovered in a, ca a cave in Germany. Ah. Hmm. I'm going to say 2500 BC. Whoa. Well, give me, give me how many years ago. So that would be 4,500 4, 4, 4, years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say... 300 AD. Hmm. Okay. So, so you're again. thinking about 1700 years old. Yeah, sure. Math. Okay. Uh, I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can, if I can get, get around Michael's guess. So he says 2,500 years ago. No. Dan's like 2,400. No, 4, he says 4,500, 4, 4, 4, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm going to say 4,700. Okay. 4,700. Okay. Michael's got a window now. Bree. Do you do the uh, the one dollar tactic, or do you think it's do you think it's higher than Dan's bid? I'm gonna say five thousand sixty nine. <laughs> oh, good, good guess. Uh, good very guess. nice. I think she just won this. And our winner is Bree. <laughs> yeah, Whee! because this stone dildo was carbon dated as being thirty thousand years old. Oh my gosh! I was gonna Jesus. guess something ridiculous, but I was like, is that too ridiculous? So I stuck with sixty. <laughs> no, nothing's too ridiculous for our show, Bree. <laughs> it's a Thirty thousand year old dildo. It was found a little. It was a little over ten years ago. They found it. Um, they they are theorizing that it was used practically, but they definitely believe that it was probably a fertility totem as well, something like a decoration around the house. So uh, there you go. We as nice. long as we have had hands and genitals we wish to manipulate, we have found a variety of ways to do it. That's a long time to keep an erection. <laughs> <laughs> So if any of you are curious, uh, I am going to be sending our the vice.com article where I got a lot of this information from to Trevor. Mm. He'll, he'll list it with the rest of the stuff. Trevor, if they want to see a link to the pelvic device, <laughs> where would they go? Well, listener, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars in a review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher too, but whatever. You know, that's just the thing now. <laughs> um, you can see links to all of the things we talked about today at, a, at our website, www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, yay. yay. Maybe you're, um, you're holding the lid on your, your gourd full of bees. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> and they're out. And they're flying around and you're going to get stung. So look out. Watch out. <laughs> Uh, we actually I think that's perfectly on. normal. You don't have to watch out for that. I'm not afraid of bees. That's right. Be calm.